Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Together we are Henry and John, coming at you to discuss the cultural happenings of the z- z- zeitgeist. John, how are you today on this day? I'm very good. As a matter of fact, great. Wow. It is good when humans are great. Humans today are well. Doing well is fine, and I am fine as well as you. Haha, <laughs> Superman does good. I do well. You said doing well. I dig wells. You dig wells? I like them. Wells are necessary. For water. For water. I'm glad we're in agreement. What a good podcast. And this week's episode is brought to you by Stamps.com. Stamps, for when you need to move meat. When you need to move meat, listen, have you ever been in line attempting to move meat through the U.S. Postal Service or perhaps the Postal Service of Alaska, the Alaskan Post, and they just won't ship your meat? Stamps.com will ship your meat. You are sent a handy meat-weighing stamp. Stamp. You put the meat on the stamp, it tells you how much the meat weighs, and then you walk out of the room and you come back and the meat is gone. Stamps.com, the meat is gone. It's also brought to you by those famed brewers from the Sarah Nevada Hills. Why would I hand you the bottle cap? Uh, Sarah Nevada, Torpedo Extra IPA. The blood of several people. The blood of at least five people. Now, you might be wondering something about this episode of the podcast. It's a normal episode of the podcast. It's a very normal episode of the podcast indeed. Now, I know sometimes, maybe around this time of year, something might occur. Something might happen. It's it's called October. The moon may disappear, but no, it is only October now. It is October. Any other event, which October was once called in a darker time, has been postponed, nay cancelled. Oh, man. It's like October. Oh, man. It's like October. Oh, man. It's like October. As Henry has stated, it is the month of October, and we, Zero Credits, are here to deliver for you a very normal, very normal, very normal episode. In the month of October, we like to do several normal episodes that do not stray in any way, shape, or form from the format of Zero Credits, and that is what today is. And most importantly, never in the past have we done any such thing. Every October has always been normal, and every October will always be normal. Normal. 
So, John, pop culture. Pop culture. How about it? My favorite thing has happened. Mmm. Ariana Grande. Oh, she is. She's made music. Wow. Has in the past, will in the future, God willing. What has she done this time? Music, I believe. <laughs> Any particular music? <laughs> you know, uh, Thank You Next, I believe. That's old. That's old. That's old. Interesting. This October, she has a new one. Mmm. I have to Google it. Please do. <laughs> do you want me to vamp for time while you Google that? I don't know how to spell Ariana. A-R-1-5. Oh. My trusty device seems to have known we're talking about Ariana Grande. <laughs> and after A-R supplied the rest. Oh, I was thinking A-R-15 Ariana Grande. Mmm. Guns. Mm, indeed. She has a new song. I heard it on the radio when I changed it from... It's called Boyfriend. Boyfriend. <laughs> it's bad. Okay. What a shame. Ariana Grande, we wish you the best. Do we? We do. Oh, she dumped Pete Davidson. Did she? Years ago. <laughs> Years ago. That's old. All right, so we've got some news coming to you, John, about Fast and Furious. Mm. I, this is this. There are two news stories today, one of which... I want to talk about in one of which brings me great, great pain. Oh, boy. Great pain, but not in the sad way. Oh, great physical pain? Yes. Good. Let's... I'll give you a choice. Good news or bad news? Well, in this very normal month of October, I know for a fact that every time I wake up, the door out of my bedroom has been replaced with two doors, and I did not know which one led. Today it led to the outside, but I pray for tomorrow. So I'm going to go with good news. The good news is very good. And this this is some great news. I'm glad we're receiving it. This is probably all I can hope for for the foreseeable future. Dwayne Johnson thanks Vin Diesel for Hobbs and Shaw support, hence at Fast and Furious Return. And there's other, other headlines. Dwayne The Rock Johnson calls Vin Diesel his brother years after their fast, loading, and furious feud. Oh, the fight over Hobbs and Shaw, which started after Fate of the Furious. So the, the, the family which bifurcated is now potentially coming together again. Yes, the, the fast and familia seems to be... Being made whole through this Dwayne and Vin Diesel, I guess, coming back together. And that's kind of one-sided. I don't know. It's like, hey, <laughs> imagine, imagine, if you will, a time when, I don't know, Nazi Germany was at war with everyone. Yes. And uh, Hitler, not talking to any other country, said, I don't know. Dwight D. Eisenhower seems okay. And the headlines just ran... Hitler and Dwight D. Eisenhower making up after World War II feud. I, I'd say that uh, the allegory... I, I mean, calling Dwayne The Rock Johnson Hitler, not inaccurate. Well, that's not what I mean. <laughs> but what I'm saying no, is this is very one-sided. Yes. Dwayne The Rock Johnson called Vin Diesel his brother. We don't know how Vin Diesel feels at all. Uh, we do know, as a matter of fact, how Tyrese Gibson feels. Uh, Tyrese is very upset and has been for a while about this. Uh, and I feel like maybe that is kind of unfair that they're only covering what The Rock 
has said, because I feel like the, the Rock has an unfair amount of cultural cachet in these things, because people care way too much about what he says. Well, he is the highest paid actor. He's the highest paid run. actor, probably the most skilled professional wrestler to ever live. He is the people's champion. Huge. He's got all three things. Money, wrestling, and muscles. Plus, he cooks. He cooks. And I can smell what The Rock is cooking. What's he cooking? People. Really? I mean, normal people food. Yeah, normal people food. He's cooking normal people food. Yeah, normal people food. (laughs) He's cooking normal people food. Yeah, so it looks like their beef will remain on the grill. Their beef, not their people meat. Not their people meat. It looks like their little fight might be over, and who's coming out on top? Us. The people food. I mean the people. <laughs> yes, we, the food, stand to gain from this tremendously. I look forward to Fast and Furious 9. I also read another headline about Fast and Furious 9. Probably will not be able to find it. That said something like, Fast 9 going old school to give, uh, what's the name of the Toretto sister? Maria? Sure. Mia. Mia, there we go. To give Mia Toretto like a send-off or something. Okay. I don't know what it meant, and I did not click on it, and I can never find it again. What if Fast and Furious 9, F9 of the Furious, <laughs> Fine and the Furious, uh, what if it's just a remake of the original Fast and Furious, but all the characters already know each other? <laughs> it's the, literally the same plot. Here it is. I found it. Fast and Furious 9 is going old school for Mia Toretto in the best way. Oh, is that the headline? That is the headline. People should write differently. 19 years. 19 years will have passed between the Fast and the Furious coming out in 2001 to launch the franchise and Fast and Furious 9 arriving in theaters in May 2020. That's not even the end of the franchise. Fast 10 is already in the works. But Jordan Brewster got fans thinking about the first movie with her recent comments on Mia Toretto and Fast 9. I'm skipping the paragraph about who Mia Toretto is, because why would you click on the article? Yeah. Mm. Who out there is clicking on that article being like, who's this Mia Toretto character? I gotta find out. I gotta get to the bottom of this Mia Toretto. She seems to be in the news. I can't go to Wikipedia. Yeah, it's hard to look up Mia Toretto on Wikipedia. Yeah, I've tried, believe me. It does not work and the eyes don't blink. Everyone keeps telling me about how useful Wikipedia is for looking up facts, but every time it just gives me facts about Star Wars. Oh. Every time. All I get is unblinking, staring eyes. Oh, no, I get that at WikiFeet. Oh, okay. But they're attached to feet. <laughs> The eyes are attached to feet. Now, there's also some bad news, John. Oh, is it that I awoke from a dream that lasted 17 years where I was only screaming? You were screaming in your sleep or in the dream? I. Uh, it's impossible to tell. Mm. Is, this, is this the door thing? No, the door was separate. The door uh, was after the sleep. The it's almost if... The ushering in of this very normal month of October ushered in a darkness in my dreams darker than any I've ever known. That's weird because it is a normal month. It's a normal month and dreams aren't real. What a normal month. I've never slept. I, listen, when I woke up today, I felt the same wakefulness that I've felt for every second of every day. For none of us will ever awake. For none of us will ever sleep. For none of us will ever dream. 
Here's another headline for you. Dwayne Johnson ends alleged Vin Diesel feud with Hobbs and Shaw thank you video. So maybe there's a video. Yeah, there's probably an Instagram video or something. Somebody who does research should probably check that out. Probably. What's the bad news? The bad news about Fast and Furious, John. I don't know if you know this. I don't know if I know anything. I don't know if anything actually exists. But here we go. Fast and the Furious director Rob Cohen accused of sexual assault. So I knew this because this, this I... This happened three days ago. I brought it up on the podcast because it is not the first time he's been accused of sexual three assault. days ago. Uh, he's, this is the second time, I believe, he's been accused of sexual assault. The first one was kind of swept under the rug. The man directed Dragonheart. He did. He also directed Fast, The Fast and the Furious. And that's the only one he directed. Also X. Oh no, X is good. It is? It's fun. Okay. Did he return Triple X, The Return of Xander Cage? The article did not say. Did he direct Triple X, State of the Union with Ice Cube? He directed a 13-page denial-filled letter in which he labeled it an effort to feed the Me Too media frenzy. Oh boy, you know that's... Can Let me just pick a bone here real quick. Which one? Uh, Stamps.com has your bones covered. You can pick any bone and ship it for just a handful, maybe two, of stamp. For, listen, you think Stamps.com is only good for shipping, it's also good for receiving. With Stamps.com, you'll receive so many bones, you have to give bones to receive bones, but you will receive bones, and you will give bones. So pick your bone right now. What's your bone to pick? My bone to pick is... The, okay, I don't think that their crimes are at all comparable. Are you reading about the allegations against Rob Cohen? I just read against some, uh, yeah, I just did that in my eyes. They're really awful. My eyes are bleeding. They're really awful. They're not at all, they're not even on the same spectrum. Uh, but Rob Cohen and Todd Phillips, the director of the new Joker movie. Don't tell me they're the same person. <laughs> uh, yes, one is the Joker eyes for it. No. Uh, the problem with both of them is that both of them have put out statements within the last week that 100% prove their guilt of everything people were concerned that they were uh, guilty of. Which is, number one, if you're accused of sexual assault, and by the way, the allegations against Rob Cohen are awful, uh, if you're accused of sexual assault and you say that it's meant that your accusations are fueling like a, a, a Me Too movement or a witch hunt, guilty. Yeah. If you're Todd Phillips and you're making a Joker movie that people are afraid will be incendiary and you release a statement saying that you're concerned that the far left has blown things out of control, guilty. Both of them are guilty, allegedly. They also had a very quiet premiere in which nobody answered any questions, and they just walked into the theater, sat down silently, watched the movie, got up and left without anyone talking. Interesting. Alamo Draft House? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Raise an order card. I just Wilson, wonder... manager. <laughs> Sorry, I talked over your line there. You're fine. Uh, I just want to read the first sentence of this article by Deadline. Uh, describing a web of untruths and lies, Rob Cohen has vehemently denied all the allegations of sexual assault 
and child molestation made against him by a TV project collaborator and his own daughter. Yes. Yes. That's sick. Yes. Like, when one of your accusers is your daughter, I don't think that's feeding the, quote, Me Too movement. So, there was a moment on this podcast months ago uh, where I said that uh, there's bad news about Rob Cohen. Go look it up. Seemingly no one looked it up because this seems to be news to people. Uh, His daughter has accused him of this in the past. This one, thankfully, is getting a a little bit more attention. Well, what happened to me is I saw a a headline, thanks to my overlords and device manager Google, that said something about Fast and Furious and Dwayne The Rock Johnson. So I typed in, innocently, Fast and Furious News. And what greeted me on the other side of that door was just a wave of allegations against Rob Cohen. I think it's... There's... Separating artists from art, it's going to be very difficult for me to look at the Fast and the Furious in a normal way for a little while, uh, if I ever can again. But they're very bad. I I would recommend that if you're someone who is squeamish to certain things, uh, do not look up the detailed allegations against Rob Cohen. We can just take solace that Rob Cohen only directed the first Fast and Furious movie, which might be the most problematic script-wise, just with the slur that's in there. Yes. That I will never forget or forgive. Yes. And take solace in the fact that Dwayne Johnson will return for Fast and Furious 10, which makes me think he's not a 9. I think it wouldn't make sense for him to be a 9 because they they delayed 9 to film Hobbs and Shaw and when 9 went into filming the feud was very much a real thing so i it would not surprise me if he's not 9 and i would love a break it from Dwayne the Rock Johnson in Fast and Furious it doesn't make sense that they had to delay 9 if Dwayne's not going to be in it yeah cuz you just film him at the same time that is true but maybe there's only so many cars in the world huh not anymore i mean not normal more not normal more so it's impossible to overstate overstamp how much my life has changed thanks to stamps.com. I just want to stamp that stamps.com stamped me deep down inside. I listen, I'm not a religious man, but I went to a church and I looked up at the cross of and I looked at Christ the Redeemer. And I said, there is no God now. There is only Stamps. And that's why this week's episode is brought to you by Stamps.com. Move your meat. Move your meat. Let it drip. So that's our Fast and Furious news segment. We'll try to keep you updated on on, on all the late-breaking Fast and Fused news. Did we ever find out about that stuntman? We did not find out about that stuntman. Don't look it up on the podcast in case it's bad news. But what's his name, John? Uh, It's like John Watts. Oh, he's a real estate agent in Austin. Oh, nice. You said don't do this, so why are you letting me do this? I don't know. At this point, we can't back out. Well, we could. I have no new updates as of August. Well, thoughts and prayers. The last update in August was... Injured Fast and Furious 9 stuntman Joe Watts. Joe Watts, not John Watts. 
out of intensive care. And that's it. Oh, he's out of intensive care? Mm-hmm. That's good. That's more news than we had last time. Mm-hmm. So I would like to update our listeners on the UAW strike that's happening. UAW. United Auto Workers striking against GM. Oh, yes, of course. Uh, so I'm largely going... The thing about strikes and unions is things typically move fast. Uh, so this is largely just a transcript of an entry from the Detroit Free Press. But the UAW's lead negotiator in talks with General Motors told striking union members Tuesday afternoon the two sides remain far from a tentative agreement on the 16th day of the nationwide strike. In letters to members, Terry Ditz said the GM made a comprehensive proposal at 9.40 p.m. Monday. This proposal that the company provided to us on day 15 of the strike did not satisfy your contract demands or needs. There were areas that came up short like healthcare wages, temporary employees, skilled trades, job security, just to name a few. So it seems like we are still currently deep in the throes of the UAW strike against GM. I do believe strikers' pay went into effect recently where they're getting like $250 a week, which is barely enough to live on, especially considering your typical person who works at GM makes a media of like sixty or $70,000 a year. Um, typically, that's the benefit of unions. They can treat that job like a career and get paid fairly. Uh, so solidarity for the strikers in UAW from me, Normal John. I think I saw a headline while I was on the machine that simulates work. Mm-hmm. And I think it said something like healthcare benefits kick in for GM strikers. So I do believe that they maybe went back on. I, I was confused by that because I'm not sure if they mean that they went back and allowed them access to company health care, or if things like uh, leave and Cobra took effect and they could actually take advantage of, uh, of like larger company health care programs, but not necessarily the health care that they would have been part of as regular salaried workers. The, the way that the headline read, I, I feel like it's more of like policy that is already in effect kicked in so okay. that they get like short-term leave or something like that some type of help that sucks because cobra sucks yeah well i was on cobra for a while nice did you get stung by the cobra uh-huh no but i got struck by the snake yeah stamps.com struck by the snake get a snake just get one now i once bought a snake oh don't know where it is that's a shame it's a snake that's a snake that's a snake that's a snake <laughs> Uh, I'm getting a, uh, a weird headline, a, a weird late-breaking news headline just, you know, on my phone. Uh, it says, Legends surround the Himalayas skeleton lake, where hundreds of skeletons, many killed by blunt force, are strewn about at 16,000 feet above sea, sea level. A new analysis deepens the mystery. Instead of dying all at once, the people died over 1,000 years and strangely came from far-off regions. Scientists conclude that these results are perfectly normal, and there's no reason to be alarmed. There's no now. If you listen, if you're a listener to this podcast, you know that we're longtime fans of the Himalayan Skeleton Lake. Go, go fighting skells. <laughs> go fighting skells. It's it's tough to have grown up in 
and gone to school in one place your entire life and still maintain a global perspective. And me and Henry tried to do that very same thing uh, with this podcast, but having been raised in the Himalayan skeleton lake. We're just two country bumpkins trying to make our way in this world. Blunt force trauma, eh? From all over? From all over. Fans of the podcast will know that this lake is called Rupkund. And it earned the name Skeleton Lake because it ser- serves as the resting place for more than 200 people. Their disarticulated bones visible for a pre- brief period each summer when the snows recede. There's no more romantic time than when you see the, the disarticulate skeletons in the Himalayan Skeleton Lake peek through the, the, the thin sheets of ice. It's beautiful. According to local legend... The bodies are those of a king, his wife, and their entourage, struck down in a hailstorm while on pilgrimage. British military authorities, who learned of the bodies during World War II, worried they might have been part of a secret Japanese invasion force. Other theories include locals caught in an avalanche. But we now know that it wasn't one event that caused 200 people to die, but people just normally walking over to this lake and being struck by some unseen, unknowable force, and dying. What a normal thing. Over an extremely long period of time. Yeah. Now, now do you think these people were struck by blunt force trauma and then taken to the lake, or they were drawn to the lake by some unseen force, and then the blunt force took them and they died? I think as all normal deaths occur, they were called to by some type of unknowable, un fathomable force that just drew them to this lake called Skeleton Lake and then normal things happened resulting in skeletons what normal there's nothing more normal people they talk all the time about dying of natural causes but what's a more natural cause of death than blunt force trauma it's the most natural it's cause. It's the most normal and natural cause. I remember when my grandfather died of blood force trauma, quietly, in his lake. It's the best way to go. In 2018, an analysis of 27 skull fragments from Rupkund, Skeleton Lake, confirmed that the dead included male and female adults from about age 20 to older than 50. The study found changes in the bone, increased porosity, porousness, Mm -hmm. specifically, that suggested the individuals had been malnourished for some time. Fracture patterns also confirm earlier studies that suggested several of the skulls had experienced some kind of blunt trauma, some kind of normal blunt trauma. The injury was not necessarily enough to kill the individual, but perhaps enough to render them unable to seek shelter or avoid hypothermia. And thus they remained in Skeleton Lake. The lake, as all lakes, needed food. Yeah. And so this was just a way for the lake to feed. The the thing that... I don't know if you remember being a child. At the lake? At the lake. Yes. I remember... We all remember our time at the lake. I think everyone who remembers being a child, as all people do, you remember when you realize that the birds and the sky and the trees and the lakes around you were all part of a, a greater undulating mechanism. All alive. All hungry. All hungry. 
all hungry. The surprising results add several new wrinkles to the mystery of normal root gun. Individuals who died there represent at least three genetically distinct groups and perished in multiple incidents stretching over a thousand normal years. Now do you think, knowing what we do about the normal facts of that lake, since scientists have discovered more normal facts, that the tourism industry of Skeleton Lake will increase, one can hope. I'm purchasing my tickets right now. And the call seems to have spread far and wide from a lot of Southeast Asian countries, but also some Eastern Mediterranean ancestry. That's far. Far-reaching normal calls to a very average lake. To a very average remote location where 200 people died for the same normal reason. It's fine. Yeah. Why are people worried? I don't think people are worried, but they are curious. Because why would they be worried? Why would they be worried? Now, if you happen to find yourselves called to the lake, I think I speak for everyone on this podcast when I say just go. Look, we may never know the full story of those who died at Skeleton Lake, as the area has become more popular with trekkers and tourists, some visitors are contaminating the area with trash and taking bones as souvenirs. And leaving bones as souvenirs. A final indignity to the hundreds who met their end in this normal, normal, normal tourist center of the world. Now, do you wonder if perhaps... There was one skeleton, and then there was a tourist to see that skeleton, and then they died? I think Skeleton Lake is a good example of the tourism industry in which more bodies just pile up into more cramped spaces. Yes, in more ways than one, but mostly in the way that dead bodies will pile up into one space. And if you want to travel to Skeleton Lake, you could take a plane... But why not trust that postal service, stamps.com, move your meat, let it drip, into Skeleton Lake, it's your trip. Now, stamps.com is offering this new service for listeners of the podcast. If you enter promo code at stamps.com, you'll be entered to win a sweepstakes. And if you win that sweepstakes, you can ship your meat, meaning yourself... Your meaningless pile of meat that you carry around this earth, anywhere on earth, as long as that one place on earth is Skeleton Lake. What are you using it for? 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 Name me three things you've used your body for, ever. You can't. Uh, Carrying myself to Skeleton Lake as all we should as we should all. That is the only thing you're meant to do. That's what we do. I remember there was a period of time, not too long ago, when people questioned the meaning of life. They said, what is the meaning of life? Uh, life is meaningless. If you were to talk to a, uh, a consciousness in the void and try to sell it on life, you couldn't make the deal happen. Because life is full of pointless pain. The one thing in life that isn't pointless pain is your inevitable trek to Skeleton Lake. So why not get there in style with Stamps.com? What are you waiting for? Why put it off? You've got one thing on your eternal to-do list, and it's to feed your fleshy, fleshy body to the Skeleton Lake. So why? Why delay? Stamps.com. 
15% off. 15% off with promo code... On stamps.com. So that's that's just a little late breaking news. I like bringing news updates to our viewers, and uh, that's just that's one of that's one of the news. That's a normal news story. That's Holy popular f- culture. That's light fair. Oh man, that is light fair. Sorry, I was drinking a delicious Sierra Nevada Torpedo Extra IPA. It's good. Popular culture. Popular culture. Popular culture. Popular culture. And the latest news, breaking right now, hours ago, R. Kelly's lawyer is complaining that the singer can visit with only one of his girlfriends at a time. R. Kelly? R. Kelly. Oh, boy. Talk about a celebrity. What a celebrity. Do we want to talk about R. Kelly? No. I haven't seen the documentary. Which one? The one about R. Kelly. There's a documentary? It's about how he's bad. All I know is what I see in headlines. All I know is that he's bad. Look. We've got good breaking news. Right now. Weeks ago. Let's do a little trip down memory lane, John. Let's do a little trip down memory lane when it was no longer October. Yeah, so remember a couple of weeks ago, our good friend, who's never been on the podcast or acknowledged us in any way, Tom Holland, had a bit of bad news. Oh, man. He had the worst news of all. He had some bad news. His character, Spider's Man, was taken out of the McHugh. The McHugh said, nuh-uh, Spider's Man. No, Spider's Man Mm -mm. and McHugh. Mm Mm-mm. And it was a big old fight between two corporations representing more wealth than any one person could ever fathomably imagine. Yes, two incalculable giants who in no way care about you or your feelings or, dare I say, Spider's Man. Yeah, two corporations that H.P. Lovecraft might describe as indescribable. Yes, you can't imagine once... And this is a real story. Let me break it down for you real quick. I saw a picture that included all of the companies that Disney owned, and immediately my eyes filled with blood. Yes, and I started chanting in a language that has not been heard on this earth for millennia, and my tongue swole and turned purple, but in a couple of days I was fine and normal. One time I looked at Sony. Do you remember UMDs? Oh, yes. Unexploded missile devices. Uh, Universal Media Discs. Oh, yeah. The PSP. Yes, the PSP. I had a PSP. And you know what my favorite thing on it was? I was a child. And it was the disc it came with. And it had three demos on it. But it also had... It came with a copy of Spider-Man 2. And it also came with a disc full of trailers. And I watched the one for X State of the Union quite a few times. Well... Hold on to your hat, because Spider's Man, Disney, and Sony, these two incomparable monsters of human flesh and money, have done it. They shook the deal, shook hands, is probably what the mouth I have wanted to say, and they decided, hey, we like 
money. We like making more money than humanly possible in a given lifetime. Mm -hmm. So Spider-Man, good news, Tom Holland, friend of the show, never been on it, back in the MCU. Back to reality, as they say. Now, the interesting thing about this is that... uh, just for like a, a quick recap for people who, I don't know, maybe lived off the grid for a little while. Uh, these massive uh, castles of flesh and funds, as we've discussed, uh, fought shortly. And that resulted in us, the peasants, uh, the, the tiny blobfish, gnashing our teeth together and tearing our flesh off in the streets. And then, at the end, nothing changed. Yep. Nothing changed. Everything's normal. The details of the deal are quite interesting. Uh, Tom Holland as the Spider's Man will show up in one more feature film standalone. So imagine a Spider-Man 3 if you can. Mm, can't do it. Oh, well, that's imp- well, this will be new ground for the Spider's Man. I can only imagine a Spider-Man 2. I can only imagine Spider-Man 2... With Alfred Molina as Doc Ock, I can imagine Amazing Spider-Man 2 with Andrew Garfield, and I can imagine a Spider-Man Far From Home. But if you ask me to imagine a Spider-Man 3, I can't. So, dispel any notions of a Hobgoblin or a Sandman, or I think there was one... Hobgoblin? Don't you mean Tom Holland? I think there was one more villain in... Venom! God damn. Spider-Man 3 is a problem. Uh, dispel those notions out of your your earthly human mind, your normal your normal flesh device. And God, uh, Sandman was in Spider Man Three. Yeah, yeah, he was. it's like it's like he was actually kind of the best villain in it. If you look back in interviews, Sam Raimi wanted to just do a Sandman film and maybe add the Hobgoblin into it, maybe. But Sony Pictures, who we all know loves the fuck out of Venom... Sony Pictures is an anagram for Venom. <laughs> insisted that Venom be in the film. And so Sam Raimi... Raimi? Raimi. Sam Raimi was like, well, it's the 90s slash early 2000s and I have no bargaining power because studios is my life. So he put in the toe for Grace Man. Yes, he put in, uh, I can't believe it's not 70s show Venom. Yeah. Uh, jazz Venom. Put all of that out of your mind and try to imagine a new space, a new Spider-Man 3 that'll stand alone on his own little merits. I like to think of it as titled Spider-Man colon Welcome Home. Oh, Spider-Man, Sp- Spider-Man Homecoming, Spider-Man Far From Home. Spider-Man, what's the one you said? Welcome home. That makes sense. So in addition to that standalone movie produced by Kevin Feige and Sony and like a weird tandem, I don't know, chimera of flesh and horror, uh, he gets to make one more cameo in a future upcoming MCU film. So one feature film, one cameo, and then the deal falls apart? And that's it. Really? That's the end. Now, here's an interesting thing for you, John, an interesting thing that I don't know if you know yet. Because Tom Holland won't be done with the Spider's Man. After those two things, Sony Pictures has the right to make their own Spider-Man movie being produced by Amy Pascal. 
Amy Pascal. You might remember her from Pascal Productions, the people who brought us into the Spider-Verse. Oh, really? Really. That's a deal I don't hate. This is It's an interesting thing. I think we're going to see... This is just purely speculation. I think we're going to see a transition of Spider-Man's out of the MCU and then an introduction to Sony's Venomverse. Venomverse, which is part of the Spider-Verse. Well, yes, but I, I think we should, we should, we should... There was we so should, we much... Should. There was so much talent behind Spider-Verse. If they can turn that into the Kevin Feige of Sony, great. And I think that's kind of why Sony was willing to walk away from the table without negotiating. They think they can pull it off, which it's it's unsure. Venom was popular at, at the box office, but not with critics. Into the Spider-Verse is the best animated feature film of all time. But you also had, like, the Lego movie guys behind that movie. You had three directors. You had more than Amy Pascal. Yes. And it was an animated film, so the visuals, the way it was done, so much love and care was put into it. How do you translate that into a live-action film? Shrug. I don't know. Either money or time. Or both. Now, here's the thing. If Sony still owns the rights to the other Spider-Man movies, this is a fan poster I see a lot. I see Tobey Maguire. I see Andrew Garfield. I see Tom Holland. And they're all Spider-Man. And it says Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. And I retch a little bit because they're all playing the same fucking character. Yeah. That's not what Spider-Verse is. They're all a little different, but I get it. But they're all Peter Parker. The yes. Peter Parker. They're not like Peter B. Parker. Yes. They're not Jake Johnson. Yes. If you're going to do an Into the Spider-Verse, you need to bring in, like, the, you know, the Samurai Spider-Man. You need to bring in Madam Web. You need to bring in Spider-Man 2099. Absolutely, for sure. And you need to bring in, like, Gwen Stacy, of course. All the Mary Jane was a Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Ultimate Spider-Man. Bring in Spider-Woman, who has nothing to do with the Spider-Man story, but why not? Yeah, sure. Bring them all in. Bring them all in. Uh, Black Widow. What if, uh, hold, imagine if you will, a poster. Tom Holland as Spider-Man. Tom Holland is the Spider-Man. Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man. Oh, Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man. Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man. Cat Lasagna Man's a Spider-Man. Miles Morales from Into the Spider-Verse. Same, same art style. I'm, uh, All of the characters, same art style. Into the Spider-Verse 2, this time, like... Who Framed Roger Rabbit. <gasps> oh. You mean just the blend of live action yeah. animation. Not they're trying to see who framed Roger Rabbit. Uh, it's it's actually called Into the Spider-Verse <laughs> 2. Who, who framed, framed Roger, Roger Rabbit. Rabbit. And it's the sequel to Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Now that's another extra twist. Uh, now I did find something else out about this uh, Spider-Man movie. Uh, you were actually pretty close in that they've released a working title for it. Oh, have they? I, they I am not new. I did not know. So the, the working title for it is uh, Spider-Man. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Oh, Lord, you know I have no friend like you. If heaven's not my home, then Lord, what will I do? The angels beckon me from heaven's open door. 
and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. You see, I, I from that, I'm just getting a slight vibe that this is like a send-off, like he's saying goodbye. It's kind of subtle. He it's is. Kind of, it's kind of subtle. You in have that, to read into it. You have to read into that title. You have title. to really 10 things you missed in the spider. You have to, yeah. you have to like 20 things you missed in the El Camino trailer analyze this thing. Yeah, I bet BuzzFeed already has an article up, like five things you didn't catch in the Spider-Man title. And it's all about how this is a subtle send-off to the Spider-Man character. And, uh, you know, that he feels just like... He feels a slightly out of place, just slightly, like the tiniest bit out of place. Like you wouldn't catch it if you watched the movie, but because you know, because you read the BuzzFeed article, now you know. Now you know. I wouldn't know how to critically analyze anything or follow plots if I didn't read BuzzFeed articles or watch IGN videos. Look, I'm just glad that internet journalists are out there to inform me of the things I missed in trailers. I'm just glad I don't have to think anymore. Here's the thing, John. I don't know if you know this, because I don't know if anything is real or if my hands can touch my face. And that's because, what are hands? And I don't know them. Stranger Things 4 was announced on Monday. Yes. Netflix, they pulled an audible. They released what could be called like a computer-generated teaser that, I don't know... I watched it. I broke my rule because I sometimes break my rule for things that are like TV shows or video games, things that are longer yeah. than a trailer can spoil. Or El Camino. I also watched that because Breaking Bad is one of the best TV shows ever to be made. Uh huh. And Jesse Pinkman is one of the best characters ever to cr- come across my screen. Best character in the show. Hands down. Fuck you. Hayden Hilden. Hildengraf. What? Heisenberg. The Stranger Things 4 trailer teaser thing dropped. And it show, it did the... And then the 4 got painted in that fashion that I wish the Stranger Things were accustomed to. Uh-huh. And then it like blinked. It blinked a bit. And we zoomed out and there are trees. And it was like, oh, we're in the upside down. And it faded to black. And it said, we're not in Hawkins anymore. Oh. So, spoilers. Uh, well, spoilers for the trailer. But I think everyone here who's seen the end of Stranger Things 3 knows what that means. We're going to be in Hawkins again. No, we're not going to be in Hawkins anymore. Oh, BuzzFeed <laughs> didn't tell me that. Uh, BuzzFeed, how many... Uh, I, that sounds like it was maybe 30 seconds long. About 32 seconds 32 long. 32 seconds. So I'm pretty sure BuzzFeed had like a 80 things you missed. Within an hour, BuzzFeed had, here are some things you missed in the teaser. And it's like, oh, did you see? Hopper's squad car is in the bottom left. It's like, oh, you mean the teaser about the show was filled with objects from the <laughs> goddamn show? Yes. You, you mean these iconic things that we can identify and know that they're from Stranger Things were in the teaser about the show? I made the mistake of watching a video analyzing the El Camino trailer. Never do that. Uh, but there is a shot where there is a blurry figure and a car in the back. And they say, this car bears a striking resemblance to Jesse's car from earlier seasons. So there's a strong likelihood that this blurred figure in this shot that has no connection to anything is Jesse. Fuck off. Wait, did it also say, like, these two actors look 
familiar from earlier seasons of Breaking Bad. Could they be Badger <laughs> and the other guy whose name I can't remember? Uh, you fucking hit the nail on the head because they're like, he actually, there's this scene where a bug crawls on his hand. And that's a callback to the scene where a bug crawled on his hand in season two. I'm like, fucking duh. Fucking duh. Also, he knows the only ha- thing that it told me about the trailer that I didn't know was the hair. Oh, it's, uh, it's the hair. Yeah, the, in the El Camino trailer, there's a cut to Jesse digging in the ground. He was digging his own grave. And uh, you can it, the camera's like set in the bed of a pickup truck, probably an El Camino. Uh, but there is a tuft of hair seemingly poking out of a rug and it's like long blonde hair oh so who knows oh yeah i got a weird flashback to house of cards this is a completely different show that has no bearing on what you were talking about uh i regret to inform you that breaking bad is now in the house of cards universe oh that's a mind blower yeah everything that's on netflix is actually part of the same extended universe i'm looking forward to el camino same I am looking forward to Stranger Things 4. You know what's really... I am looking forward to Joker. Yeah, sure. I'm looking forward to normal. I'm looking forward to films. I'm looking forward to music. Oh, you got some music? Just the concept of music going forward. You know, if it would come back, that would be great. I... If music... I was getting really into Better Oblivion Community Center with uh, Phoebe Bridgers and Connor Oberst. I really enjoyed that album, but then music disappeared from my life. Yeah, it's a shame. Uh, When I walked through that door, I wonder sometimes now if the door that I walked through this morning that led to the outside, if that was the right door. I wonder sometimes if I walked through the door that I was supposed to. Or maybe this is my punishment. Maybe the other door was the real world, and it has been locked away from me forever, in a very normal way. So welcome, Spider-Man, back to the MCU. Welcome, Spider-Man. Welcome home. Let's just all say it together. Welcome, Welcome the Spider-Man. Let's try it one more time. Welcome Welcome the Spider-Man. Welcome to Spiders. Welcome, spiders. Welcome, spiders, to the MCU. I hope you do it. Now, oh, oh, no, because the character is called Spider-Man. Never mind. I had an idea. What if they <laughs> they phase Tom Holland out of the MCU, but they're like, oh, Miles Morales over here can step in. But it's the character that Sony owns and probably that falls down to <laughs> anyone who takes the mantle so, no, that's, that would not work. Sorry. They, there's actually a very serious... There is a huge loophole in Sony's contract in that they only own Peter Parker. <laughs> that would be insane. And anyone else can play Spider-Man, but the character of Peter Parker yeah. has to stay at Sony. You, you can't be Peter Parker, but you can be Spider-Man. Anyone. Hey, anyone can be under the mask. Anyone can wear the mask. You can wear the mask. I can be Spider-Man in the MCU? Yeah. Finally. Yeah, just be an actor. uh, Sony has actually been pulling the greatest trick the devil ever pulled, because they only own two things. The character of Peter Parker and the character of Doctor Doom. They own Doctor Doom? But, however... Wait, no. No, they don't. 
Do they? What? No. No. That was Fox. Fox? Who's hey. that? Okay, anyway. Uh, but I'm looking forward to that Peter Parker, Doctor Doom movie. <laughs> I would watch it because... Spider-Man I, can't be in it. Well, no, I've heard tale of this Doctor Doom character. And people tell me he's one of the best Marvel villains ever to be born. But I saw the first Fast and Fear, the first Fantastic Four movie. And uh, he was just like a guy... In a mask? Yeah, Doc- he got turned to stone or something? Uh, Doctor Doom is a maniacal terrorist who cried at 9-11. Uh, let's not talk about that. Oh, wait, what? There was a 9-11... Reference in the Fantastic Four? In Spider-Man, there was a 9-11 issue that came out like eight months after 9-11 happened. There was, okay, so yeah, Spider-Man spins a web and catches an airplane between the, the two Twin Towers. No, it's 9-11 just happens. What? 9-11 just happens in the Spider-Man universe. Oh, wait, you're talking about in the comics. In the comics. Oh, I only know movies. In the movies, did he stop 9-11 from happening? Okay, I think it was in Spider-Man 2. They had to take out a scene where Spider-Man catches a plane with a spider web spun between the two... Twin Towers. There's no way. There's no way. I'm gonna have to look this up later. Look this he up later. He stops a subway. He stops an L train, right? Yeah. Stops the elevated train. Yeah, and his his mask comes off, and everyone's like, oh, and man, then everyone's like, it's kid. Jesus. No, seriously, it's that, Jesus. That moment. That, movies have a fantastic power. They make me believe in humanity. Because, like, in that moment, humans could be like, oh, well, let's take pictures of Spider-Man and sell them to the Daily Bugle. Because we all know yeah. the Daily Bugle's obsessed with Spider-Man. We know his identity now. So clickety-click-clack-click-click-click-click-click-click. But in that moment, they're like, no. Weirdly, pass him to the back of the train for no reason. That, uh, that one thing. Okay. People do malign the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies for some things. No. Pre- uh, particularly Spider-Man 3. But I think that Spider-Man 2 is, number one, a peerless movie. Uh, but I also think that Spider-Man 2 has the best, most honest relationship with secret identities in that one scene. Yes. Because it shows them being like, he's just a kid. Why would we... Yeah, why would we go out of our way to ruin this yeah, kid's life? he saved us. He's a kid. We're not going to ruin his life. He's, he's putting his life on the line to save us. Yeah. And that's what real people would do about secret identities. Yeah. Like, they wouldn't treat them like this... Secret identities are like a weirdly hack thing to use in comic books. But I like that Sam Raimi came out in like a proto, like a pre-MCU movie and was like, hey, secret identities don't matter. Yeah. Like, this is, like humanity is what matters. Which is the story of and Spider-Man 2. Moment. It's a very good, very good moment. An equally good moment. And uh, Shazam, maybe you heard of it. Uh, Sh- uh, Shazam, the character, the titular character, he, he stops, like, a robbery from happening, mm-hmm. and then uh, the woman doesn't know what to do, or, like, she's like, just don't, here, take my money, I yeah, guess. she's like, should I pay you? Yeah, it's, just, it's like, a really weird moment, because it's like, I don't know, yeah, sure, pay yeah. me. This stuff doesn't pay. No, uh, Shazam's good. Shazam's good movie. So... And I want to say, just for the record, so we don't get a lot of hate mail, there is a there is a faction of people, John, 
that really like the Raimi Spider-Man. Yeah. Way better than anything that's come out post. I mean, I think that Spider-Man 1 is great. I think that Spider-Man 2 is, like, great, great. I think Spider-Man 2 is the best film... One of the best superhero films that came out in that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now, like, the genre has changed drastically because now they're all connected and it's different. Like, there's no... There's there's little such thing as a standalone superhero film in these, this day and age. When's the last time you watched Spider-Man 2? Oh, it's got to be a decade. I would highly recommend you go back no, and watch Spider-Man 2. No, 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 it's good. But also, if you watch it... It's a it's a massive mental cleanse against the Marvel Cinematic Universe because yeah. you're watching a movie that's established, and what it is is what it fucking is. Yeah, that's all it is. It's just a really good movie with really good performances, great special effects for the time, a lot of really cool set pieces, and then it's just over. Yeah. It's great. It, it's self-contained. Like... I really like the MCU for what it is and what it did for storytelling. Movies can be interconnected. But at the end of the day, this is one person's or one vision being propagated through 22 movies. Yeah. They can feel a little samey. They can feel a little formulaic. They can feel a little familiar. It's been a while. Well, that's hard to say. What I am afraid of going forward with this Marvel Cinematic Universe thing is that I won't be surprised. Yeah. That surprises won't happen. And I, I, it's this is a good challenge for the creative people behind these movies to face because it's their job to entertain and, and surprise me on some level. Yeah. If there's no surprise, there's no reason to go. When I, when I watched Spider-Man 2 most recently, the one thing that I got from it was... I did not realize how thoroughly poisoned my brain had become with, like, knowing how super movie, superhero movies feel now. And when you watch that movie, it doesn't feel like that at all. And it's still good. And, and you don't realize the, the tiny micro ways that your brain is inculcated to... Like, tuning into a superhero movie. You're like, this is going to happen now. This is how yeah. it's going to work. That's not how it works in Spider-Man 2. And it's still a perfectly fine movie. You can make a good superhero movie that's not the ones we're getting right now. Spider-Man 2, prayers up for a real one. Yeah. And if you need to get your copy of Spider-Man 2 quickly, there's only one thing you can do. Stamps.com. Stamps.com. Will ship you to your copy of Spider-Man 2, no matter where in the world it it is, where the disc is. And, spoilers, it is in the Skeleton Lake. Look, if you can't find your copy of Spider-Man 2, directed by Sam Raimi, starring Tobey Maguire as a man who can produce webs from his wrist and a weird biological mishap freakery thing. It's in the Skeleton Lake, and there's only one way you can get there to watch that movie. And it's with Stamps.com. Stamps.com. They've set up what I have heard is a very deluxe home theater right on the banks of the Skeleton Lake. And the, the home theater, it's very advanced because it is a view... Of the Skeleton Lake, 
where you will die. And there's a DVD player, one DVD player, and there's one disc in that DVD player, and it's your copy of Spider-Man 2. If you believe, erroneously, that you own a copy of Spider-Man 2 directed by Sam Raimi, I challenge you now to get up, walk to your DVD, Blu-ray, or VHS, or HD DVD, or UMD copy, or Laserdisc copy, or CD DVD copy. Open that container, and if there's nothing in it, which there won't be, because you never owned it, I've got good news. You're on a one-way trip to Skeleton Lake. Provided to you... By Stamps.com. Now, they will give you 15% off if you go to their website and enter the promo code... That's 15% off. All you gotta do is put in that code and you're on your way to watch your copy... Of Spider-Man 2 directed by Sam's Rami. It's the copy of Spider-Man 2 that was always meant for you. And the great thing about the Stamps.com offer, it's 15% off and no additional cost. Other than the cost. Yeah, I mean, what's a little money to bring your flesh vessel to the, the banks of the luxurious Skeleton Lake to watch Spider-Man 2 directed by... Our Lord and Savior Sam Raimi, who cannot help us now. Spider-Man 2. Some gave all. You will give all as well. What is shall be. What was is now. And what Spider-Man 2 did for us will do for you. We're going to get you there with Stamps.com, 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 Stamps.com. Stamps. It's the dot com of Stamps. Let it drip. Me? Now, you might be inclined, John, and our fams, to receive your mail in a more electronic fashion these days. Who could even I think can't, of it? I can't imagine it, but look, before things got real, real normal, we used to do that. Really? This podcast used to receive some mail in an electronic fashion. Hmm. And we received such a mail. Letter? I don't know what you'd call it. We, 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 oh. Before stamps.com, what did we even have? I don't know. I can't, I tried to remember just now and it did not work. Yeah, you're bleeding a lot. Look, we received a thing electronically without the support of stamps and with their blessing I'm going to read it and it I have not dropped dead which is normal it's normal this is not. a normal thing all right we received a message entitled thanks boys dearest henry and john ooh normal henry and normal john who are we are one would hope Speaking as someone who does not keep up with politics and policy as well as one should, I greatly appreciated the deep dive into the realities of impeachment and the climate change discussion that is so prevalent right now. Prevalent? Prevalent. 
I trust that y'all are interested enough to learn what is objectively truthful rather than spout the latest headline. Could go both ways on that. Dep- yeah, I feel like we literally have spouted a few headlines this episode. S- depends on the month. Depends on the normal month. So from someone who has less than zero credits, thank you both. Looking forward to the next episode already. Signed, First. Now, I would say that First has more than zero credits. I would attribute First a lot of credits. Uh, more as, than us, certainly. As the relationship between First and I has gone, gotten very intimate. Very normal. Mm. It's gotten extremely normal. Good normal relationship. Good normal. So, apparently, maybe... Maybe last week we had a discussion about the actualities of impeachment? Yes, we did. That doesn't sound familiar to normal me right now, but it does sound like something we might have done. It it sounds like something that that might have occurred in the past. Now, I'm just going off of the existence of this, this electronic meat? Electronic stamps? Electronic e stamp. E stamp? I'm I'm just going off the contents of this e stamp and saying that that does sound like something we did talk about in a sense, perhaps. Uh, but but now with this new wave of normalcy, I'm not sure that that's something that I am discussing, would discuss, or have ever discussed. Yeah, it seems real normal to never talk about that sort of topic. Only we would talk about it if we were real, real mad about it. But who would get mad on a podcast? I'm not sure that I am mad, will be mad, or ever have been mad about anything. You're right. Thank you. Here's the thing about impeachment. It's a very, very slow... Slow, normal process that would take years to go through. And so don't expect updates anytime soon. If there were updates such as multiple people being subpoenaed for an impeachment inquiry... I don't think that's necessarily something one could expect from a podcast. And if there were rumblings about, I don't know, attorney generals also maybe being up for the same process of impeachment, I'm not sure a normal podcast brought to you by Stamps.com would comment on that in any way, shape, or form other than to say... Maybe the bar should be set a little lower. I would like to thank Stamps.com for ensuring that during the time that we've recorded this episode, the sun has come up and gone down multiple times. So time now has a very normal meaning, and it is interminable. And if your time is interminable, why waste it at the post office? There's no reason... 
to watch the sun set or rise in a post office during normal operative hours of a post office. And the sun could rise and set hundreds of times in that time thanks to Stamps.com. But Stamps.com has ensured that your feet will never cross that unholy threshold again. In fact, your feet should be firmly planted in front of your electronic device where you can access Stamps.com for the low, low price of your normal human flesh vessel. So whether rather than waiting an, an unbelievable expanse of time, waiting to hear anything back on impeachment, we recommend that you deposit your your limp, resistanceless body on top of your phone, which has now been installed with a scale to weigh you for your shipment to the Skeleton Lake. Why wait? We already covered that there's no reason to wait. There's no reason to wait. Why, Why wait? not act now? Act now. You know what's not active? Waiting in line. You know what is active? Shipping your body to the Skeleton Lake. Do it. Do it. Sam Raimi would be proud. Everyone would be proud. Congratulations, you've done it, is what they'd say. They would say, one, they would stand in a circle on the surface of the earth. And they would all be clapping. And they would say, congratulations. 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 But, and you might be thinking you just came to the realization that it's okay to be sad and it's okay to live. You're wrong. The realization that you just came to, that word was realization, the realization that you just came to was the fact that you could ship your meat to the Skeleton Lake via Stamps.com, and that is the true ending of Neogenesis Evangelion. <laughs> yes, the, the true ending. A lot of, there's been a lot of hay made. About the ending of Neon Genesis Evangelion, but it's ending much like the ending of everything. Spider-Man 2, Spider the Amazing Spider-Man 2, uh, Spider-Man 2, Far Spider-Man yeah. Far From Home. Yeah. The ending of all movies, the ending of everything is Skeleton Lake. I watched that whole series and we never once talked about it. Skeleton Lake. Neon Genesis Evangelion. What a shame that we can't talk about such things during a very normal month. John, I hate to do this to you, but there have now been three murders in the town of Greenvale. Really? Yeah. That's... And really as the wrong. FBI agent assigned to the case... Francis York Morgan? I feel like, personally, me, Francis York Morgan... I feel like I'm at a loss. Where do I turn? I've got a suspect, but I can't find him. Do you have uh, an infinite bullet submachine gun? I have that. I also have an infinite bullet shotgun and an infinite flamethrower that doesn't seem as good as the other weapons. They never are. For about an hour, I had an infinite durability guitar, but then I gave it back to the owner. Oh, no. That you, can't do, you can't do that. That was probably a mistake. Now... And I also have learned that I am locked out of the infinite wrench because there's a whole slew of things that I can't do anymore because those people are part of the murdered people. So, just like real life, as people are murdered, you can no longer obtain their goods or services. I didn't even know I could talk to them was the thing. 
It's a weird rough time in my first playthrough of Deadly Premonition Origins. But what I can say is, please stop putting me in the other world sections. I thought, look, John, I thought I was just going to return to Harry Stewart's manor and talk to him with the information I found that I fished out of the river like every normal eight. FBI agent has ever done. In every FBI investigation. Yeah. I thought this was going to be a normal thing, but I walked into his manor, and you know what greeted me? Much to my disgust? The red loading screen. Yes. And everyone knows the red loading screen means you're entering... With the little pulsating faces? With the pulsating faces, which I have to say, the pulsating faces, much scarier than the actual undead ghost things that you fight. Yeah, no, much scarier. I just, when that red when that red loading screen pops up and it's past 7:30 p.m. in the real world where I am, where I live, where the sun goes down hundreds of times a day. I turn the switch off. I'm not doing that cuz you know why? It's not the visuals. It's not the people bending backward and reaching for you. It's not even the zombies with guns. Uh Uh-huh. It's the audio shit that that game pulls. There was a moment in a hospital, John. I don't know if you've ever been in a hospital. Never. When you were never in a hospital, you never heard, like, a baby crying out of a cabinet? Oh, all the time, but not in a hospital. That, look, this Deadly Premonition is a lot of things. One, it's a good game. Two, it's a bad game. Both of those are accurate. And three, it does shit with audio cues that just puts me... My heart pounds. My heart races during the undead segments, the other world segments. Not because of the danger that my character is in. Which is minimal. But because of the audio cues that my ears hear, there was a... There was, I don't know where the fuck I was. I was in a manor. Mm-hmm. A manor of a very rich family. And uh, randomly, in rooms that I would go into, there was just a woman laughing. Babies crying... And women laughing set my my soul ablaze in fear. The, uh, I, I think a lot of the audio stuff that that game does is just throwing garbage at a wall and some of it sticks and is very scary. I have been playing that game and have experienced Hilario Vines and they're really funny to me. The Vines are very funny. In the 360 version, they just went, you know, that's like, it's very good. It's very good. I've missed out. I've missed out on the infinite Magnum. I've missed out. I have missed the infinite Magnum. I missed out on the weather doll. It's very good. I got the fast travel. Nice. But I missed out on the weather doll. Like, I don't know. This game's good, but also at the same time, I didn't know I was missing stuff. Hey, look, sometimes you play through a game and you miss things and you never get them again. The best games do that. Dark Cloud 2, Spider-Man 2, Ultimate Spider-Man. No, that was not a a second one. Stamps.com. Stamps.com. You're going to miss the deal. You're going to miss the deal. You're going to miss the deal. Don't. 
miss the deal. You literally cannot miss the deal. It is actually physically impossible for you to miss the deal. You will be compelled for the deal. The deal comes to you. The deal is the deal. The deal comes no matter what. Stamps.com. Play Deadly Premonition. Play Deadly Premonition 2. Whoa. Play Deadly Premonition Origins. Yes. In uh, anticipation of... Deadly Premonition 2. In New Orleans. I have heard, though, that the Xbox 360 version of Deadly Premonitions is the best. Uh, yeah, it's not a bad port. Okay. Yeah, the 360 version is the original. Oh, so it's literally not a bad port. Yeah. I highly recommend, if you can play Deadly Premonition, do it. If you can watch Twin Peaks, do that instead. Yeah, uh, if you can... uh, Basically, you have two options. It's either watch a seminal piece of television or live vicariously in a homunculus for about 12 hours. It's longer than that, actually. I'm on chapter 18 out of 26. It's a long game. People clock it about 30 hours if you do everything. Yeah, it's a good game. It's a bad game. It's a long game. It's a short game. I got my car back. Nice. Doesn't handle well. And makes no noise. No cars make any noise, (laughs) which is normal. It's very normal. I've never heard a car make a noise. Why would you make a noise in a car? Why would a noise make a car? Actually, you don't need cars. I'm just coming to the realization right now. It's not being forced in my brain by any sort of unnatural force. I'm actually getting the very normal thought. Why use cars when you can use Stamps.com to ship your meat where you need to be, which we've already established, stop reminding me please, is the Skeleton Lake. There's only one destination. Point A is where you are right now. Point B, we all know where that is. Yeah. All that matters is how you get there. And the only way you can get there is Stamps.com. Man. John. What a normal episode of the podcast that this has been. I've had maybe the most normal time tonight. But that doesn't make any sense because every night is the most normal night. Every night is normal. And I'm completely sober. I haven't been drinking beers all night. That was a sound effect. Yeah, we've edited it in post. I was drinking water. I was too. I I was the whole time. And it might have looked like my glass was red. That's red dye 40 is what I'm being told to say now. Yeah, red dye 40 is a normal thing to consume. I think... Now, at this most normal hour, it might make sense to bring this normal, one of many episodes, to its very normal finale. And you know, we had some fam interaction to lead into this next part. And if you want to do some fam interaction, you can do this next part. That's right. If you'd like to interact with us in a normal way, you can send us an email... At zero credits is a podcast at gmail.com. Wait, surely, John, you mean a letter using a stamp? Yes, if you'd like to send us e meat, e stamp, stamp meat, if, if, 
If you want to send us meat, you can do so at zero credits is a podcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to send us some shorter meat, you can do so at ZCPCWHJ on Twitter.com, which stands for Zero Credits Podcast with Henry John. We are also on Spotify. You can find us by searching for Zero Credit Open Parentheses S on Spotify.com. Make a playlist. We are on Facebook, and you can search for Zero Credits Podcast in the Facebook search bar. You can like our posts, share our posts, and comment on our posts. We are on Apple Podcasts. It's very important that you like, you comment, and you subscribe, because that's one of the best ways people can hear about our podcast. However, the most important way to let people know about us, you know what it is, telling your friends. If you tell your normal friends, and they tell their 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 normal friends, you will have 18 friends. And from everyone here from the stamps.com Zero Credits Studios. We want to wish you a happy... The lights cut out and the podcast stops. Before either Henry or John can react... They are cast aside for more important things by ancient, incomprehensible forces. It is time once again for havoc and mischief in the name of all that is held dreary and cursed. Fight it all you may. The frightened times still arrive. Deep in the slowly beating heart of Texas, there is a man wearing a light gray suit. He is a man much like men you might meet at a bar or in a grocery store, which is to say covered in skin and hair, with two eyes on his face hugging the edges of a nose. His name is not important, and frankly, no one knows it. For eleven months out of the year, this man in the light gray suit reports to a financial institution where he manages large sums of other people's money, ensuring that their large sums of money continue to make smaller sums of money that are then added to the large sum. It is a job. It pays the man in the light gray suit's bills and affords him other shades of gray suits for him to wear. It is a life. The man takes his 30-minute mandatory lunch break 
in the financial institution's cafeteria. Management discourages leaving for lunch, so a chef takes his order, a veggie burger and fries, and the man sits at a long table surrounded by empty seats on each side. Without ceremony, he bites into the burger and begins to eat. It is the last day of September, and the man has sighed more times than his annoyed co-worker who shares the cubicle next to him can count. Curious, the cubicle neighbor approaches the man, seated alone at his empty table. Hey, is everything like okay? Are you well? Is this a health thing? The man blinks at his co-worker. It's just you're sighing a lot and, well, frankly, it is getting annoying. I'm trying to move sums of money around and I can't concentrate if you're sighing so often. This is the first conversation between the man and this co-worker. The man doesn't know how to respond. Whatever, just get your shit together and stop sighing. Silence is money. The coworker stomps off, perhaps more angry than before, and not receiving an answer. The man sighs. Hey, don't let coworker get to you, a voice says. The man looks around to find a friendly coworker. That co-worker's just angry because he can't meet his large sum of money quota for the quarter. He's a bit high-strung. The man looks at friendly co-worker. He has never noticed friendly co-worker before, because friendly co-worker sits at the opposite end of the office from him. We're all going to the happy hour bar after work today, friendly co-worker says. You should come. It's a lot of fun. Problematic, perhaps alcoholic co-worker gets so smashed and does this impression of boss. The man smiles for a moment. A night out would be fun. Yeah, we like to go out pretty much every night in October. We're just getting a head start tonight. You know, cause it's the last night. The man's smile fades and he sighs once more. He shakes his head and lets friendly coworker know tonight's no good. That's fine. Maybe another one of the nights in October might work better for you. No worries. You're welcome to join anytime. Friendly coworker gets up and returns to their seat with their meal and other coworkers. The man finishes his day and returns to his apartment. watch television, eat a microwaved meal, and go to bed. But on this particular last day of September, which is to say, on any last day of September, the man sheds the light gray suit before he goes to bed. He places the suit where one places suits when one isn't wearing it. In this case, the now unsuited man has an empty hamper. The light gray suit lays in the hamper. 
a discarded remnant of a life he will not live for the next 31 days. The unsuited man gets in his bed and dons an eye mask, more out of habit than necessity. He sighs. I'm sorry, the unsuited man says to an empty room. To all empty rooms. The clock on his nightstand reads 11.59pm. A note near the clock reads, Tonight. Written in inky black letters by some unnatural hand. I'm sorry, the unsuited man says, as he feels a darkness pulling around him. His bedside lamp flickers, and a wind rushes through the room as the digital numbers of the nightstand clock flick to 12 a.m. Black tendrils creep out of the man's mouth as he chokes out one final apology. Slender plant-like vines of pure darkness lash onto the man's bed, crawling through his sheets before they fall to the floor. They probe the room, finding the walls in all directions and seep into them. The tendrils keep pouring out of the man's mouth, his consciousness wavering. The pull of the long, black sleep begin to lull his feverish thoughts of apologies, of ineffectual comforts. For a second, the unsuited man thinks a friendly co-worker surrounded by a soft light. Soon there is nothing but darkness for the unsuited man. In the center of his mouth, in the center of the entanglement of inky black tendrils emerges a large, round mass. The mass pulses and oozes ichor as it splits open to reveal a large, bloodshot I.